Good morning. You know what? It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord one more time. You say, well, preacher, what you talking about? Well, let me tell you what I'm talking about. The alarm clock went off, but you heard it. Somebody said it's time to get up, and you heard them when they said it. And then some of us, like me, you woke up before the alarm clock went off. And that was nothing but the blessing of the Lord. God is good, brothers and sisters. He's good. And his mercy endures forever. May we stand. We welcome you to this, our 8 o'clock worship experience. Those that are joining us by way of live streaming, we, we're going to let you have the opportunity to worship with us as well. And later in the service, you will have an opportunity to give into this ministry. Let us pray. Almighty God, our deliverer. Lord God, we lift our hearts to you, invoking your blessings upon our worship. You have made us one in our need of you. You've made us one in our desire for your fellowship, one in our common hope. And Lord, we thank you. Father, we thank you for this time of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this place of worship. Lord God, set in the midst of our hurrying lives. And then 
dedicated to the life of the soul and the service of faith. So now, Lord, manifest yourself to us as members and friends of this branch of Christ's church, that all the best in us may be called forth to praise you, for you are the health of our continents and our God. We pray in the spirit of your Son and our Savior. And we ask that you will receive this blessing in his name. Amen. We're going to ask our minister of worship now to lead us. Praise the Lord this morning, y'all. Praise the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord this morning. Anybody came to give him glory? Anybody came to give him praise? Come on, we're going to lift him up this morning. On one accord. Here we go. Come, let us adore him this morning. Emmanuel, 
everybody. Put your hands together. Give him praise this morning. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, dear God, we come this morning. Father God, with thanksgiving in our heart. Father God, we just want to thank you, O Heavenly Father, for watching over us all night last night. Father God, danger was all around us, O Heavenly Father, but you kept us, O Heavenly Father. And early this morning, Father God, with your finger of love, you touched our body, letting our eyes come over and see this day, Father God, and we thank you. Dear God, we just pray as we go throughout this day, O Heavenly Father, that you will be there with us, O Heavenly Father. O Heavenly Father, bless us in this service this morning, O Heavenly Father. Father God, I pray that you have saved some lost soul, O Heavenly Father, this morning, O Heavenly Father. Dear God, we thank you for your daughter, son, Jesus, O Heavenly Father, who hung, bled, and died on carry cross, O Heavenly Father, for each and every one of us. O Heavenly Father, I just pray, O Heavenly Father, that you just, O Heavenly Father, just bless Craig Chapel this morning, O Heavenly Father. Father God, bless those that had desire to come this morning, O Heavenly Father, but weren't able to make it, O Heavenly Father. O Heavenly Father, we just give you the praise, we give you the glory, and we give you the honor. These are the blessings your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Well, that's why we worship him. Because he's worthy. He keeps on making a way every day. And the song simply says, we give you all the glory. Come on, we give. All the glory. Oh, we worship you. worthy that's the praise that's the that's the worship right there that's it right there we give you
church covenant having been led as we believe by the spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior congregation we do now in the presence of God angels and this assembly most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. Congregation. To promote its prosperity and spirituality to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. Congregation. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotion, to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintance. To avoid all tattling, backbiting, and excessive anger. We 
further engage to watch over one another in brotherly love. To be slow to take offense, but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. Altogether, we moreover engage that when we remove from this place, we will as soon as possible unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principle of God's word. Amen. Amen. Brother Thickpin, you're going to lead us now in our congregational hymn. Our congregational hymn is ready, and we're going to be singing all together, Victory in Jesus.
then you can stop by the old fellowship hall and sign up on today. Bible study is back. Hallelujah. Join us here on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. The K-Chapel Mission Ministry cordially invites you to join us for our annual Pearls of Joy Luncheon. This event will be held on Tuesday, August the 22nd in the Willie Wright Family Life Center at 1130. The event is held to recognize Cade women ages 62 and older. To ensure that we have an accurate count of attendees, please register in the O Fellowship Hall between the 8 and 11 o'clock worship services on today and next week. For more information, please contact Sister Frances Moody at 601-331-9995 or Sister Carolyn White at 601-946-5291. The Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts will restart their monthly scout meetings on Monday, August the 19th. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen. Good morning, K-Chapel. Listen. We realize that everybody here is not a member of this church, that there are visitors present, and we're going to ask our visitors to stand that we may recognize you. Will all our visitors please stand? And also, all of our visitors, will you please stand? And also, we have a new member that's ready for the right hand of fellowship. Uh, Stephanie Magruder, are you here? If you're here, will you come down front, please? All of our visitors, would you stand? Amen. We'd like to thank each of you for coming and visiting with us this morning to worship. We ask that if you've not found a church home, that you would please consider us. And while you're standing, we're going to give you something that you can only get here at K Chapel.
every Sunday, you're given opportunities to go out and pray for people, visit, and to do whatever's necessary to help those people along their journey. This morning, we have a list of people that are requesting your prayers, and we're going to ask that you please pray for these people. We're going to ask that you stay in prayer for Dickiness Jerry Thornton, who lost her brother, Mr. Melvin Younger. That funeral will be held on next Saturday, August 24th, at the Fountain of Youth Church in Detroit, Michigan. Sister Annie Winters lost her brother, Telman Thompson, and that funeral was held on yesterday in Greenville. Miss Sister Moselle Warner lost her niece, Sister Ravis Lejeune Johnson. That funeral was held on yesterday also here in Jackson. Sister Lily Naylor lost her brother and that funeral was held on August 13th in Lisbon, Alabama. We have a few people that are still recovering at home. Mother Triplett, Sister Audrey Harrell, and you know Brother Fred Gross and his wife, Laura. They're all at home recovering requesting your prayers. We also have prayer requests from the Simmons family and from Judge Faith Peterson. So we ask that you continue to pray for all those that are requesting prayer. And as I always say, pray when you can, visit where you can, and as always, each day, thank God that you can. Amen. Let us go where we are called to go. It's now time to bless the Lord through our giving. We understand that full of worshiping God includes offerings, which are given primarily for three reasons here at Cain. First, we give because it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. Secondly, we give as a sign of our thankfulness for God supplying provisions in our lives. Thirdly, we give because we want to see God's kingdom grow through the mission and ministries that occur here around the world through Cain. Restore for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break through and steal. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Ushers, you're in charge.
Hadn't the Lord been good to you? Somebody ought to show some sign in here. This is praise and worship, isn't it? Maybe you hadn't gone through anything this week, but I know I've been through some stuff this week. And when I think about what he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Anybody out cry to the Lord, hallelujah? And then sometimes when I'm going through a battle, sometimes I have to get on my knees and give God a war cry. Because we do battle not against flesh and blood, you know that right. And when I give God that war cry, he just shows up and he shows out. Anybody know about a battle? Come on, boys, let's give God that war cry this morning.
let us pray. Oh God, we thank you again for allowing us to be here. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your spirit. We pray, oh God, that you bless now. Bless this offering. Bless those who gave in and those who had not to give. Bless them as well. Use it for your glory and for your honor. And we will be ever so careful to give your name to praise. These and all of the blessings we do ask in your son Jesus' name. We do ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Committee to reelect Judge Tabitha Britton Porter would like to say thank you yeah. for coming out to support her on August the 6th. Yeah. Now, this is the other note. She's in a runoff on the 27th. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference if you voted on the 6th if you don't go back on the 27th. That's right. So we need you to go back to the polls, and some of you may not be in this area, and you're in other areas where there are runouts. Please put on your calendar right now that on the 27th, you need to go back to the polls. Amen. Now, if you didn't go to the polls on the 6th, you still have a chance to vote. Please go and vote on the 6th. Now, on the 27th, I have been asked, um, you know, as, as your minister of s social witness and Christian responsibility. He said, what comes after that? That was a big pause, wasn't it? There's a person who is going to have a birthday on the, 20, on the 30th. And he's going to be 47. Some of us can wish. <laughs> I, um, if you have 47 cents, $4.70, I could keep going, but you know. I want you to put it aside for the 30th. Find your finest K Chapel t-shirt and some blue jeans and your most comfortable shoes. And at 7 o'clock, I want you to meet me in the gym so that we can celebrate 
one Reginald Buckley. Now, when the campaign was first announced, I was allowed to do my political thing. And I need you all to practice this morning. We have a year, so it, it'll take you a little time to get this down pack so that all I do is just hold my hand up or walk up here and then you'll just go into it, right? We, we, we have been so sad lately because we don't have a person in the White House that we want to really give honor to, like, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. And you would all jump up, right? Well, I just want you to practice this morning because when we get our President of the General State Baptist Convention elected, I want you to be ready to lead the rest of the people. Amen? Okay, so this is just practice this morning. You ready? Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce to you the next president of the General Missionary Baptist State Convention. Reginald Buckley, stand to your feet. Can we have the election now? I just had it.
within us. Good news this morning simply is God is able. Amen. 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 Do me a favor. Won't you say this affirmation with me? I'm about to hear God's holy word concerning my life. My mind is focused. My ears are open. My heart is ready. My soul is thirsty. Now preach, preacher. Now that's just for me. Amen, amen. Listen, if you can, stand to your feet. I invite you to stand to your feet for the reading of God's holy word, if you're able. Amen. Reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm number 51. Psalm number 51, beginning with verse number 10. There you will find these words recorded. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12 is what I want to focus on. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Again, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Let us pray, Father, as you and your Son in spirit are one. Allow now your servant, your word, and your wisdom to become one, that we may affirm the eminence of your kingdom, the power of your spirit, and the lordship of your Son. I trust you now for preaching. Guide my mind and my mouth for a few moments that I may be able to think your thoughts clearly articulate your words touch strengthen and save in accordance to your will for us this morning we ask it in jesus name and for his sake amen and amen god bless you you may be seated in the presence of the lord i'm going to talk for a few moments this morning from the subject the joy of being saved the joy of being saved When was the last time in your prayers that you can recall that you thank God simply for being saved? I'm going to let you think about it for a minute. When was the last time in your praise and in your worship of God that your worship of him and your praise toward him was centered on your salvation. 
When did you last leave this sanctuary excited about the fact that you're saved? If you're like most Christians, the excitement and the zeal and the fascination and the joy of being saved wore off a long time ago. I mean, you're grateful for it, don't get me wrong. But the joy of it all, the fire of it all, the, the excitement and the fascination of, I'm saved. For most of us, that, that's been gone for a while. But do you remember when your salvation was new? Do you remember the excitement you had when, when, when you could finally get bread out of the tray when it passed you by? Oh, now, now you remember. Now you remember. You, 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 you remember when you could finally participate in communion? Do you remember that on fire feeling you had after you were baptized? Do you remember the joy you felt in serving and knowing that it was pleasing to the Father? The, the can't wait to praise the Lord feeling you had all week long and the thrill of sharing your faith in Christ with others. Do you remember that feeling, that, that fire, that zeal, that, that joy of I'm saved? For many believers, the truth of the matter is we've lost that joy. The joy of being saved. Although we're glad to be saved, if we're honest, salvation is kind of like air in that we appreciate it, but because it's always there, we aren't really intrigued by it. It's, it's air, and we take for granted that when I breathe, it's going to be there. And so we don't take too much interest in the air we breathe. And the problem is that when you neglect air too long, you end up with smog. And I'm afraid that a lot of Christians are living in the smog of a polluted life because you have lost the joy of being saved. Fact is, for many believers, the joy of being saved has long dissipated. The joy of being saved has evaporated like the fresh morning dew as the sun rises across the horizon. The joy of being saved has long left many Christians, leaving us with a shell of mere cordiality, a thin veneer of fair-weather friendliness, a palm-sized amount of positivity and optimism that we pass off for joy. Most readily associated with salvation now are the things of persecution and prohibitions of being saved. In other words, we think about our salvation in the terms of what we can't do no more. And how people are going to treat us now that we're saved. But the fire, the zeal, the passion, and the joy of being and living out that salvation is missing in many believers' lives. And this text and the context surrounding this text illustrates for us the danger of losing the joy of salvation. The joy of salvation. David says, restore unto me the joy 
the joy of thy salvation. Remind me of what it feels like when I first got right with you. Psalm, Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is a very familiar psalm penned by one of Israel's most popular poets and powerful kings, a musical monarch who worshiped God with unbridled passion and went to war with unflinching courage. David put some of ancient Israel's best-known lyrics to praiseworthy melodies. The book of Psalms is a hymn book of Israel that contains Davidic Psalms like Psalm 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. That's David. It's David who writes about God's insightful eye in Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts from afar off. It's David who declares the bounty of God's creation in Psalm 24, saying, The Lord, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And then he asks and answers his own question in that same psalm, asking, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? The answer, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul in the vanity nor sworn, sworn deceit. And he ends that psalm with the declaration of hope saying, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. And perhaps the best-known psalm of David simply starts, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Well, David's psalms are without question some of the best-loved words that capture the expansive emotions of the human heart, reaching out to touch the loving heart of the eternal God. And in this psalm, Psalm 51, we hear David's heart for confession and restoration. But this psalm, David pours out his heart to God acknowledging his sin and his immorality. The secret sin that David had been trying to manage, keep under wraps, keep out of view where anybody could see it, that secret sin had been found out. Y'all remember the story, don't you? Y'all, I, I, I feel like Tanja, y'all wake up in here. But, but you remember the story, don't you? you, you uh, the, the story of David's indiscretions of, uh, uh, with a married woman, and he tried to cover it up. Y'all remember that, right? If you don't remember, you can read up on it in the 11th chapter of 2 Samuel. After David devises and carries out and tries to cover up his wrongdoing, it's later in chapter 12 that he gets a visit from the prophet Nathan, who comes to serve notice upon the king. Instead of just coming out and indicting David for his sin, he tells the king a story of two men. One a rich man and one a poor man. The rich man had many sheep and the poor man only had one sheep. Story goes that a man, a stranger came to town and the rich man, instead of taking one of his many sheep to prepare for the meal, the man stole that poor man's one little sheep, killed it and prepared it, and they ate it together. David hears the story and burns with anger because of the injustice that is done to this poor man. And David says to Nathan, the man who did this injustice must die. 
He said, but before he dies, he has to pay back fourfold what he stole from the poor man. Nathan looked at him with that finger. Said, thou art that man. Wish I had some Bible readers in here. Nathan then shares with David a word from the Lord saying, God, God saying to, 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 to David, saying, I made you king over Israel. He said, I gave you the land of Israel and Judah. He said, and if it had been too little, I would have given you more. He said, you kill Uriah with the sword of the Ammonites, and now the sword will never leave your house because you despised me and took another man's wife. He said, you did it in secret. He said, but what I'm going to do, everybody's going to see it. Wish I had a witness in here. Can I, can I parenthetically remind you, you cannot hide your sin from God. Wish I had a witness in here. Eventually, the stuff you're doing that is despising him, the stuff that you're doing that's discrediting your witness and your salvation, eventually it will be found out. Thanks be to God that he does give us time to get it right. But when we refuse, wish I had two or three folk who would go along with me on this. When you keep on doing what you big and bad enough to do, thinking there will be no consequences, thinking that because the folk don't see it, don't nobody else see it. You can't hide your stuff from God. He has an all-seeing eye. He sees in the dark. He sees under the covers. He sees behind closed doors. No need of you getting quiet now. He knows what you're up to. He knows what you're doing. Where you do it. Who you do it with. Amen. And your sin will find you out. It's in the context of being confronted with his sin that David writes Psalm 51. He is, he is crying for cleansing. He is, it is a plea for purging. Psalm 51 is, is a begging for a new beginning and a new measure of mercy. All are the expressions of this person who has fallen and failed and in need of forgiveness. Psalm 51 begins with a plea for God's mercy. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Wash me from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Verse 7 says, purge me with hyssop and I might be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And then verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew within me a right spirit. David recognizes the need for confession and cleansing to occur in his life. And then he writes these, our watchwords for the morning. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. What an interesting request. That David says, after you wash me, restore the joy of thy salvation. He says, he says, watch this, restore the joy of being saved. Notice what he did not say. 
He did not say, restore unto me my salvation. He didn't say that. He said, what I need is the joy of being saved. It's an interesting request that he is not asking for his salvation to be restored, but rather the joy of his salvation. It's amazing that this Old Testament patriarch foreshadows some New Testament theology saying, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. For David understands that even in the face of such a downfall as this, even with such treacherous transgressions and wicked wrongdoing as he has done, that he still has not lost his salvation but rather the joy of thy salvation. David, David understands and underscores the doctrine right here of eternal security. Recognizing it before Jesus said it, that if we are in the Father's hand, nothing or no one shall be able to pluck you out. Like Paul, David believed that God was able to keep that which was committed unto him. David believed it before it was ever written that nothing should be able to separate him from the love of God. And so David's request was not that his salvation be restored, but rather the joy of his salvation. Because David recognized that the reason he was in the shape that he was in and the reason he was doing the things that he was doing was because he had lost the joy of being saved. He had lost the fascination of having a relationship with the Father. He had lost the excitement of being able to talk to the God of all creation. He had lost the zeal for worshiping God. He had lost the fire for praising the Lord. He had lost interest in serving God. He had lost his desire for witnessing to the goodness of God. He had lost the thrill of watching God work in miraculous ways. He had lost the hope of becoming a more righteous person. He had lost the joy of being saved. And because he lost the joy of being saved, he got sloppy with his salvation. I'm preaching 10 times better than you talking back to me. He, he lost the joy of his salvation and it caused him to then get sloppy because he lost the joy of being saved. He became lazy in living out his salvation because he lost the joy of being saved. He put little effort and energy into living a saved life. And you got to be careful. You got to be careful around folk who have lost the joy of being saved. Because folk who have lost the joy of being saved will rub off on you. Folk who have lost the joy, the fire, the zeal, the passion of being saved their low expectations will become yours. Their pessimism will become yours. Their cynicism will become yours. Their low expectations will become yours. Their negativity will become yours. And I need to say something to somebody. Protect your joy. Protect 
your joy. Don't let folk convince you to come down to them. Protect your joy. Protect your joy. Protect your joy and make them come up to you. Protect your joy by telling them, I'm not hearing your negativity. I'm not getting caught up in your stuff. I'm not taking cues from your criticism. I'm protecting the joy of being saved, the joy of coming to church, the joy of serving in ministry, the joy of giving of my time, the joy of impacting my community, the joy of being a part of something. And if you got a problem with it, that's your problem. But don't let your problem become my problem because I have a joy in being saved. If you happy to do what you're doing, keep on doing it and quit letting folk take your joy. If truth be told, some of us are saved, but we ain't got no joy. Come to church, mad. Mad about last Sunday. Ain't forgot about last week yet, last month yet. Still coming to church, they, they gonna fix they ain't still ain't fixed it. Amen. Save, but no zeal, no passion, no excitement. And because we have no joy, those are the types of people who suck the excitement out of others who do have it. Other folk trying to live for the Lord, and because your joy is going, you siphon theirs. Mm. So David makes this request, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. I believe there are at least four things that he's asking for, and I'm, I'm going to rush through these. You're going to get them real fast. When he says, restore unto me the joy of my salva thy salvation, he is saying, God, restore unto me, watch this, number one, the excitement of being in relationship with God. Give me back the excitement of being in relationship with you. Because somewhere down the line, I lost the excitement. Do you remember when you got your first new car? I mean, whether it was a new car or new to you, whatever it was. Uh, amen. Whether it was new or new to you, it was, it was a new car, which I had a witness in here. I, I, remember, I remember when I got my first car. My first car, my first car I got when I was going to Tougaloo. And, and it was a 19, I went to Tougaloo in 1990. My first car was a 1979 Z28. White with blue stripes and T-tops. It was a 79. I was going to college in 1990. That means it was 11 years old, but it was new to me. And I thank God. Amen. And, 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 it, it, and I know kids don't know nothing about this today, but, but, but it was a, a hand-me-down. Y'all remember hand-me-downs. Uh, I, I, was, I was watching my brother Horace all while he was in college because I was just hoping that he didn't mess it up too bad that I would inherit the hand-me-down. And in fact, in fact, when he graduated, I was going to college. That became my car. It wasn't new, 
but it was new to me. Do I have a witness in here? It was new to me, and I was excited to have a new car. Schaefer, you remember that car? It, it, it was white. It, it had blue stripes. It had T-tops. It didn't have no air, uh, 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 but, but it had T-tops, and you can roll the windows down, and, and, and when the handle didn't work, you put vice grips on it. You remember, Schaefer? You put the vice grips on it, and you rolled it down. It wasn't new, but it was, it was new to me, and, and I thank God. I thank God for that car. It, 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 it was the kind of car that, that didn't need to have heat in the winter because the heat from the engine was all the heat. That, I wish I had a witness in here. Y'all remember that kind of car? Floorboard didn't bear no heat. It, all the heat came up. And, and, and in the summer, you were looking for trees and shade. You parked it, and as the day moved on, you went out and shifted the car because the sun shifted, and you trying to find shade all day. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. It wasn't new, but it was new to me. There was excitement that I had for that car. It was fast. It had nice lines. It was mine. And what I'm saying, what I'm saying is when you get saved, there is an excitement that comes with salvation. And even though it's not new, everybody else may have been saved a long time before you. It ain't new to them, but it's new to you. And, and because it's new to you, you have the excitement and the joy for having that which God has given direct. It's a gift given to you. Knowing that in Christ, you are a new creature and everything about your old self and old nature has passed away and that you become new. That's exciting. It's exciting knowing that because I'm saved, I'll have eternal life. It's exciting knowing that even though I have mess-ups along the way that neither angels nor powers nor principalities nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God. It's exciting to know that my past sins and my present sins and my future sins have already been washed by the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. It's exciting to know that I have a friend who will stick closer than a brother. It's exciting to know that I've got a God who will never leave me nor forsake me. It's exciting to know that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It's exciting to know that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. It's exciting to know that God has some plans for me to give me an expected end and a bright future. It's exciting to know. And so when folk get saved and they're on fire and they have excitement, I don't care how long you've been saved because it's new to them. Which means we don't douse the flames of other folks' fires because you've been at it longer than them. No, you celebrate with them. You ought to fan the flame and make it grow. And if your flame is out, you ought to catch fire again. Quit trying to put theirs out and ask the Lord to restore the joy of your salvation so that you can leave this place with joy in your heart, on fire to serve, on fire to give, on fire to impact lives, on fire to share the good news, on fire to witness the glory of God. Restore unto me the joy of being saved. 
restoring that I'm excited about my salvation. Number two, I believe what David was asking God to restore was the commitment of living out his salvation. Restore unto me, God, the commitment to live out my salvation. Okay, let's stick with the new car for a minute. Or, or anything new, new car, or when you, when you move into your first house, or when you buy some new shoes, whatever it is. If you ever get something new or new to you, you try to keep it looking. Am I, am I the only one in here? You, you remember, you remember, you remember when you got your first car and you acted funny and you didn't want nobody eating in it? And there's chicken nuggets everywhere. How they talking to me? You, you, you remember? You remember? You didn't want nobody opening nothing in your car, and and, and, and if they open something, take it out. It, it, everybody that got out took something with them. <laughs> Amen. You you didn't want no smoke. You didn't want no fried chicken. You didn't want no onions in your new car. Do I have a witness in here? Why? Because in essence, you wanted to keep it clean. And what David is requesting here is for the passion to return for living a committed life, a righteous life, a holy life, a clean life. He's saying, restore unto me the joy of my salvation so that when I look at my life, I want to see it clean. That it bothers me to see my life out of place and things out of place and dirt everywhere. Lord, I used to not be all right with this stuff. What happened that made me okay with my life looking so littered? What happened that I've gotten to the point that, that I don't even sweep up around my stuff anymore? Restore unto me the commitment to live a clean life, a godly life, where things out of place mess with me. Where when I know I'm doing wrong, I can't do it with a clear conscience. But it messes with me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation so that when I see me in the wrong places doing the wrong things that I can't rest until I get it right. Because somewhere I lost that. Lost it. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Thirdly, 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 this request of David's was a request for God to restore unto him the interest in learning more about God. Y'all remember that? When you first got saved, you, you were in Bible study. If you weren't in Bible study, you were in your Bible. Oh, Lord. You, you remember, you remember it, it, the preacher preached and you went home and you studied the scripture that he preached about? Help me, Holy Ghost. You, you remember after Sunday school? Oh, yeah, you used to go to Sunday school, right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you used to go to Sunday school. And after Sunday school, you would study the lesson again to see. Yeah. Restore unto me, David is saying, the interest in learning more about, I, I, bought, I bought last year, I bought a, I bought a, I bought a smart TV, they called it. And, and I guess I'd had a dumb TV up until then. Because, I mean, it was one of them boxes, you know, the, the box. So I guess it was a dumb TV. So, so I got rid of it and I bought a smart TV. And, 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 and I turned it on and I started doing it and it started, it started setting itself up. And it, and it told me what to do. Yeah. It, it told me what to do to set it up. And, it, and then it said, get your phone. So I got my phone, huh? and it started doing stuff on my phone. Yeah. I didn't know if I liked that or not. But it was a smart TV, and so, and so now I can control my TV from my phone, and, and, and I can order stuff from my phone and see it on the TV. And, and that got me to thinking, what else can this thing do? And so I got the manual. I started reading, and every now and then, every now and then, I still don't know everything it can do, but every now and then I'll pick up the manual when I got some time and figure out, what can it do this week? <laughs> I bought it last year, and I'm still learning stuff it can do. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, are you still interested in knowing what God can do? Or have you just put the manual down? Have, have you just decided I know enough? No, no, I, restore unto me the interest of knowing more about you, God, so that I spend more time with you and in your word and in your will and knowing of your ways. Restore unto me the interest of discovering more of who you are. Finally, and I'm through, David's request to restore the joy of his salvation, finally, is the desire to share his witness with others. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at what David says. He says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. If, if, if you like most people, when you get something new, you, you, you kind of want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not by myself, I see. When, when you get something new, you kind of want to share it. At least with your friends. Let your friends see what you got, how the Lord blessed you, right? You, you want to share it with others. And, 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 and what David says is, I recognize that, that the reason I fell into this place is because, Lord, I'm not talking about you anymore. I used to share with others who you are and what you mean to me. And I stopped doing that. I stopped talking about the Lord and his goodness. I stopped talking about where God brought me from. I stopped talking about what God was still working on. I stopped talking about it. And when I stopped talking about it, watch this. I recognized, watch this, that it gave me room. Watch this. It gave me room because people weren't looking at me to be so holy now. See, as long as I was talking about you, folks looked at me and said, I'm going to see if you measure up. 
But when I stopped talking about you, it gave me some cushion and some space to do what I wanted to do. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation so that I can witness of your works and of your glory. And look at what David says. I'm through. Here's what he says. He says in verse 13, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Uphold me with your generous spirit. Verse 13 says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted. Look, David says this, if you restore it unto me, I'll talk about you. I'll go back to telling people who you are and what you've done. In my, and watch this. And I'll tell them, watch this. I'll tell them how you restored me. I'll tell them how I messed up. How you picked me up. How you brushed me off. And still allowed me to be king. I'm through. But I don't know if there's anybody in here who's got that kind of testimony. That, that you messed up. God picked you up, brushed you off, and still let you glorify him. There are things you can sit there and act like you all sanctified and sanctimonious if you want to. There are things that you've done in your life that should have disqualified you a long time ago. But God picked you up, brushed you off, and let you still minister in his name. And there ought to be two or three folk, four or five folk, six or seven folk who don't mind testifying that God restored you. God kept you. God turned your life around. And since he did it for you, David says, since you did it for me, I'm not going to keep it to myself. But I'm going to tell Somebody, I'm going to tell wherever I go that God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace. God is a God of second chances. Is there anybody here who can testify today that God gave you a second chance? God gave you another chance. God gave you another chance. And I can't keep it to myself, but I'll tell. He says, I'm a tell. And when I tell my testimony, David says, sinners will be converted. He says, when I tell you what God has done for me, he says, I just believe God is going to get in the testimony and change your life. He, he, listen, I'm through. But, but he, he, here is what this suggests. That we can't be too ashamed to tell people how far God has brought us. Don't let these suits and dresses fool you. There's enough stories on this side of the church. There's enough stories in the balcony. 
Y'all ain't talking to me in here. That prove the mercy of God. I can't believe how you sitting on the Lord right now. Much mess as you've been through. Much as God has brought you out of. And want to act like you, you're supposed to be here. Want to act like you deserve a seat up here. Want to act like you're supposed to be in the choir. No, no, don't fool yourself. I've done enough. Pat, you've done enough. Mother, you've done enough. Deacon, you've done enough. You better say amen. I'm going to call your name in a minute. We all have done enough. And so God, restore unto me the joy of being saved. I want to leave here on fire. I want to leave here full of excitement and zeal and vigor to serve God. I, I want to leave here remembering the fellowship that I had with the Father. I want to leave here ready to tell somebody else God has been good. God restores. God restores. If you're here this morning, that's the message, that's the word. God restores. Restore unto me the joy of being saved. If you're here this morning, there are a couple of invitations I want to extend to you. First is the invitation of salvation. Is the invitation for you to walk through the door that Jesus Christ opened 2,000 years ago when he died on Calvary's cross. It is through his death and accepting him as Lord and Savior that all of us have the right to eternal life. I want to be very clear with you this morning. Jesus said, it's not my words, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said, if you want to be a son or a daughter of God, you've got to come through him. And if you have yet to do that, if you have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first invitation. If you're here this morning, wherever you are, whoever you are, come right now. Come right now. Come right now. And that's the good news, salvation. Salvation, once it's given, can never be taken away. For he says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will saved will there be one 
with everyone. Oh, bless his name. The second invitation is this. If you've already given your life to Christ, you've already been saved, but you don't have a church home. Maybe you've been coming here and you've been visiting here and you enjoy the fellowship, but you have yet to establish this as your church home, your membership church. You're invited to come. The doors of the church are open. You come. Whoever you are, wherever you are, come right now. Can you sing it quietly? God restores God. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Here's the third invitation. You've given your life to Christ. You're already in the church, but you recognize you're not in great fellowship with the Father. You're distanced from him. You've done some things. You've gone your own way and you've acted your own way and, and you don't have that freshness, that closeness, that proximity with the Father. And your relationship, your fellowship needs to be restored. You come now. You come now. God restores the doors of the church are open. Come now. Come now. Come now. God. God restores. Oh, yes. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. God. Give me my joy back. Give me my fellowship back. Give my association back. God. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Restore your membership. Restore. Restore your fellowship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He restores my mind. Restores my mind.
we thank you that you're the God who hears and knows and sees all things. You know where we're weak. You know where we're broken. You know where we need strength. And so God, now by faith, we ask, oh Lord, that you would restore, renew, revive, re-empower in Jesus' name. God, we know you can. These have been walking with you some time now, and you've never failed them yet. So, God, we just ask now that, like wings of eagles, we would be able to mount up. We ask, God, that in our walking, we would not get weary. In our running, we would not faint. And in our well-doing, that we won't get tired. Believing, oh God, that what we reap, that fruit we shall also, we shall receive again if we sow it, oh God. Now, Lord, reward the faith of these dear ones. Be the lifter of our heads. Oh, the consoler of our hearts and the dryer of our tears. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Last year this time, I was going to surgery. They had told me in May that I had breast cancer. But this month, Monday, I played them drums because I'm cancer-free, Lord. I'm cancer-free. And I thank him, and I thank everybody that prayed for me. You know, when I was going through cancer, I worked the whole time. I didn't feel sorry for myself. The Lord said, get up. You can do this. Didn't know no, didn't anybody knew I had it. Because I didn't act like I had it. When somebody going through something, y'all need to be there for them. Be there for them. But I thank God that I'm cancer free. I don't have to go through nothing else no more. I don't have to go to no camp chemo, no radiation. And I had that cancer there. Yes, Lord. That my cells were growing. But they told me, Lord, I'm cancer free. And I thank all of y'all for the prayers. I thank my family that knows me for the prayers. I thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Let the church say amen. You don't look like what you've been through. You don't look like what you've been through. But that's the God of grace covering you and keeping you. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet, stand to your feet, stand to your feet. Uh, I just wanted to let the church family know I won't be here next Sunday. And it would be wrong if I didn't tell you where I was going to be. I'm going to Kansas City. And a, a, a son of the house, one who God has truly blessed, Jacob Porter, and his wife are both being ordained 
next Sunday in Kansas. So pray for us, the porters and me. We will be traveling to be with them. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.